Hi, this is Seth Golub, Director of Education and Congregational Engagement here at TCS in Westport, Connecticut, and you're listening to the Kahila Podcast. On today's episode, episode two, our seventh graders discuss um, their expectations, thoughts, and feelings uh, about visiting a church. Um, a few of them have gone, but uh, probably not uh, for a actual church service. So we uh, talked about that. And that whole conversation kind of led um, on a path of discussion uh, that was really fascinating. Um, so take a listen to that. And then after that, um, we were incredibly lucky to um, visit Talk Church um, in Westbrook, Connecticut. Uh, and we were hosted by Reverend Allison Patton, um, who gave us a uh, inside tour of their campus, of their sanctuary, um, uh, of their whole, of their whole, whole building, and was so generous with um, our seventh graders uh, to answer any and all questions that they had. Uh, and that whole tour and interview um, is uh, coming up on, on this episode. So uh, sit back uh, and take a listen, and we'll see you on the other side. All right, everyone. Okay, so um, next week we are going to Saga Talk Church. Um, first of all, have you ever been to a church before? I've been to my oh, say it. Right. I've been to my friend's church before. And in like what what um incapacity? Um, like, did you go for like a service uh, to honor them? Like, like was it like so? I slept over his house that night before, so we had to, he yes he goes to church every Sunday, so we went to church and um, it was it's kind of like um, it's kind of like Shabbat on Friday nights. So you go 100%. and you um, uh, you sing songs and you sing prayers, and after that we all split up into like different groups of different age groups, okay. and we sat down in like this like um, uh, little uh, these uh, classrooms uh, across like the church territory. Um, and, uh, Jaden's group that I was in, it was like about, um, I want to say it was about like hope and, uh, to never like give up and all that. Interesting. Yeah, like Sunday school because I've heard of yeah. Christian friends who I've heard they go to Sunday school. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it was Sunday school. Interesting. So, so it was like having services and then Hebrew school. Yeah. So, yeah. So like how long was it? Um, the actual service, uh, well, with like seeing the prayers and stuff, um, I would say it was about an hour and the whole class. So like significantly shorter than ours. Yeah. And then. The, well, yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean, if you compare, you know, a Sunday mass, which is what I'm uh, assuming that um, and you went to, to a, to, to a Saturday, um, and Shabbat service. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so it's like significantly shorter. And then the, uh, the classrooms were about. I want to say like about half an hour, um, a half an hour, so about thirty minutes. Um, but that day after that, they had like this like little event, this like wiffle ball event, um, so you can go outside and play wiffle ball, and then you can leave and all that. So yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, has anybody else been been to a, a church before? Um, I haven't been to a church for services, but like my sisters had like uh, had like a play at a church once, and mm-hmm. like when we went to Israel. Like, I think we went to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. I think that's what it's called. But, like, I've never been to services there or something. Interesting. Um, and did it feel weird 
and walking into a church? Yeah, I felt weird, though. Like, why? I don't know. It was just, like, it didn't feel weird. It just didn't feel like I didn't know, like, what it was. And, like, I didn't know where everything was and, like, what all the little pictures were. Totally. So, and so what do you think is, like, in a church and, like, and what do you think the um experience of um, of touring a church um, is like? I don't know. I kind of think that, like, maybe the church, the sanctuary is a lot like our sanctuary, like how it has, like, a stage and it has, maybe it doesn't have an arc, but, like, it has seating for people. Mm-hmm. They have, like, prayer books, I think, except it's in Latin. I think it's instead of Hebrew. Interesting. Yeah. And, and uh, Any other thoughts or? Well, I've been in a church for a camp. And it was a theater camp, and so we ate in, like, the kitchen area. It was basically like our temple, but we had, like, auditions in the main area where they pray. And it was was different, but yet the same, because it also had, like, steps up to, like, a bima or something, and, like, a podium there, and it was mostly the same. Like, there were prayer books in the seat in front of you. So it was mostly similar. Mm-hmm. And um, how did it feel um, um, in going in? Like, 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 was it awkward to go in? I didn't really think much of it because it wasn't, like, a service or anything. It was just camp. So. Totally, totally. Cool. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, what I'm kind of asking is, like, what are your expectations for um, f- um and for next week that like what do you think it's like to go to a church in the same town that um and you live because like you've been here pretty much every week for the past 10 plus years probably you know with with you know services or um in religious school and and and, you know youth group and um, and whatnot that like what what do you think a church in westport is like Specifically, because you kind of go to school with the people who are members there. Um, I expect it to be the same, like, um, feeling that I have at, like, synagogue. Like, when you go there, like, you're welcomed. Um, and you don't really feel, like, excluded from anything. Um, and you're able to, like, talk to people and, like, make friends and all that. Um just like you make uh, friends with people at your school that are um, uh, not Hebrew, but um, Christian or Catholic and all that. So, any other like expectations or um, are you nervous to walk into a church as a Jew? The reason why I ask it is because the first time I went into a church was for a cousin's christening, which is like a no, it's kind of like um, a baby naming. Yeah, that when you're much younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, before that, when that cousin's parents got married was probably the first time. And it was, and I felt weird because that was my first time ever going into a church. It was like a very intense church experience with like the pews and the prayer books. Uh, singing songs, seeing images of Jesus, crosses everywhere, 
this like very very big building looks similar to a synagogue but yet was like clearly different and i didn't know um, how to act with like kneeling and and you know when do you do different things and um how do you fit in especially when you don't believe the things that they're saying sure sure yeah i feel like it's weird like that like how to act like knowing if you should do what they're doing even though you don't believe or but also like you you have a you have friends who go to your school and go to this church so it's not that weird because you know people there and you have friends who go there probably are there um i felt when the first time i went to a church i felt the same way that you did like you didn't know what to do about like kneeling because like I was sitting next to Jade, and we were, like, talking. Um, and then all of a sudden, they were like, um, now please rise, and then, then kneel. Exactly, and yeah. And I, I didn't know what to do, yeah. so I just went with it. And, like, I, I was, like, as I was doing it, I was thinking to myself, am I going against my religion right now? Interesting. Um, am, I, am I not supposed to do this? Um, but also, because, like, here we're taught to read Hebrew, and, like, we know um, what uh, the um, letters of the Hebrew alphabet are and how to speak it. Um, why not speak it like conversational, but like read it? Um, when uh, when we went to the classes, uh, we were given um, one of the books that uh, you're given there, and you had to read a sentence. So when it was my turn, um, no one knew that I was Jewish yet, um, and uh, I I, I kind of felt nervous about saying it. But then I said that I was Jewish, um, and there and like there other were like all oh, um, all oh, that's fine. And then they were asking like me questions like like is it like what, what it's about and they were like really accepting about it um so then i passed the book on to somebody else and uh yeah i wonder if it's like that when um like a christian person comes to like a bar mitzvah or something like and that too like are they thinking and like bowing and stuff oh should i bow should i say these prayers if i don't believe in or, or it even wearing a, a kippah yeah like is it disrespectful to not wear it but even though i don't believe it like what should i do i feel like that's the same thing except like jewish people probably go into churches less than non-jewish people go into synagogues because non-jewish people go into synagogues all the time for like their friends bar mitzvahs or stuff um so like what benny said a couple years ago um it was passover and we invited um, uh, uh, a couple of my mom's and my um, stepfather's friends that were Christian, um, and it was like a, it was a giant. Um, it was a large group of people. There was family and then friends there, um, and I then I like I, I didn't know like what was happening, so I turned to my mom and I went and I said, um, "Why are there Christians here?" And my mom said that it's a mitzvah to have somebody that's not of your religion to be at like a bar mitzvah or, sh or a service or um, a dinner like um, Passover, Rosh Hashanah or something like that, yeah. For sure. I think that I'm just very curious what you're thinking now um, of going into a church. I think um, as young Jews, and we are sheltered, I mean, we are we are taught more to be focused on, um, on Judaism and, um, and the Jewish people, which... Um, is great and is what I do for um, a living. But I think there's value specifically 
in seventh grade because in a few years it's high school it's then then college then it's, and and i think the more you know about um islam and christianity the more prepared you are to be a person um who isn't as sheltered and like who is around more christians and jewish people like around here there are a lot of jewish people but like in the world like jewish people make up like a percent of a fraction of the world's population you see sometimes more interaction with other religions when the jewish community is smaller rather than bigger because like more jews have more interaction in uh in with with their neighbors right and because they they need it right and uh, what do you think uh, do, do we, we do you, what do you think uh, we had to do that in terms of uh, being have, i mean having to living in communities where with other jews and uh why do you think that that's some, something that we had to do uh, to be closer to like the synagogue because we have to walk there every okay that that's like one, that's one of the reasons what else? Why do you think we want to live where where our, our other other Jews are are living? Um, I think that's because you like to be with people who are like you, and you don't like to be the only person. You're kind, like people like to be with yeah. other people who are like them, so they can hang out mm-hmm. and they can mm-hmm. have friends. Yeah. Let's let's think historically. Yeah, let's think historically first, right? Uh, and let's let's uh, assume. Uh, a group of people, Jews, who are observant. So they eat kosher, they keep Shabbat, they... Um, so how would you have a minion, for instance? How would you ke- uh, get kosher, I mean, if you get need kosher meat? How, how, I mean, if you are just, right? Yes. In a like Jewish town, they want people that like butcher meat kosher and they make kosher food and there's kosher stores so people like to be around that correct correct and from that it developed there were though times in history throughout history uh where jews kind of were yes together because they needed each other but at the same time forced to be secluded in particular areas of a certain country or a certain town, or a, uh, or sometimes even all expelled altogether from one country or from one town to another town. Are you talking about ghettos and the like the pale of Jew- yes, Jewry? Yes, yes, yes. And yes. like how they were expelled from like the towns and they were forced to be in small areas because they didn't want them with with uh, the regular people because they like. Because people don't like people who are different, and Jews were different than others. So yes, yes. I mean, t- I'm talking about that. But it's, it's it's an interesting thing because sometimes happened because we needed each other and we wanted to be together. But at the same time, uh, sometimes we were forced in in a way that uh, the interaction was a little bit limited. There is also some some sort of uh, uh, deterrent, or, or let's say if you are really observant and you eat absolutely kosher, right? So, and your friend or your acquaintance or your neighbor is asking you over or inviting you over to have a meal with them, right? 
So that's also part of the reasons where it started to be difficult for, for, for Jews to interact, right? Now we, nowadays we live a different life, right? And, uh, and our levels of observance are, had changed, but also our level of belonging to the general society, right? So in a way, that's a blessing, but also it's not so much of a blessing. Who did the leadership or the, I would say, yeah, the leadership of the, particularly the Catholic uh, Church and other, stream, uh, other ramifications or streams of occurrence in, 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 in Christianity also did it? The priests. Uh, who did they actually blame to be the ones who killed Jesus? The Jews. The Jews. So would you think that at a time where they were accusing or blaming for this disaster in, 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 uh, in, in, in Christianity, the Jews, Jews could openly go and visit churches and have an, uh, a nice interaction? No. So with that, it w didn't actually happen yeah. that we visited churches and, 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 and Christians came to, sh to, to synagogues and, and we had this uh, relationship. We had to make a lot of amendments on our ends also and, and, and their ends also. They had to do a lot of introspection. They had to look back to what they did in the, at the time of the uh, Crusaders. You know what the Crusades were? Mm -hmm. So let's put it in this way. We had to heal and they had to heal. We had to make, amen make amendments and they have to make uh, amendments. amendments. So we can actually now, today in America, le and let's put this in, 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 some, in some perspective. Um, it may not happen in every town and every place in America. It may not happen in every part of the world that we can do this. Yeah. Okay. So we can, we need to to somehow feel blessed, in a way that we can have that interaction and learn from each others. Uh, thank you to Cantor, Benji, Zach, Jacob, Ella, Julia. Uh, this is Seth. So uh, next time we will be talking, uh, we'll be at the church for our tour and questions with uh, the reference. So cool. for now, see you soon. Signing out. sanctuary see that um, there's a nice white wall and then there's a cross that's in the middle of the wall yeah. do you all see that yeah. yeah as Bonnie moves you'll see it a little bit more clearly there we go so that's actually a piece of the wall from from this room that was um, behind us there was a cross sitting in that room and because of the material that the cross was made of when the fire burned really hot and destroyed everything in the room it left that sign of the cross burned into the wall. So they actually cut that piece out and saved it because it felt kind of powerful and meaningful that you have that cross in the middle of the ashes. The cross for us is in part a symbol of new life. So, you know, the, the part, of, part of our story is that the, the person Jesus who spent about three years in ministry teaching about the love of God and feeding people and healing people and blessing people. Um, some referred to him as a rabbi or a teacher. 
and eventually he was killed by the Roman Empire and he was killed by crucifixion, which means that he was nailed to a cross. So it was actually the means of, of executing someone who was a subversive or a threat to the state. So sometimes you see pictures of the cross. Those of you who went to cathedrals might have seen pictures of a cross with an actual person on the cross, right? We have empty crosses because for us, the second part of the story is, is that Jesus somehow rose from the dead. And that means different things to different Christians, but it always means that new life is possible. And so after the fire, to be able to say, we can build again out of the ashes, new life is possible, was a really powerful symbol. And so that's why we kept that cross, which was burned into the wall. And in 1950, Anybody alive in 1950? Me. Yay, Anne, were you there? You weren't here yet. No, you didn't come move to town until later. Um, so in 1950, they put the church on a bunch of logs that rolled. And they rolled it. They can you see? You can come up, take turns, and come take um, a good close look at it. They rolled the church down the street. Oh. Wow. If you look up close on here, I think you can see it's elevated. And this is, I think this is the worship service they had just before they moved it, because there's some of the stuff that they put the church on. So that's one of our former pastors. They kind of blessed the day, and then they rolled the church all the way down the street to put it on this property. It was at the time, it was common for the emperor to describe himself as, as somehow divine, right? As, the, as a son of God. So you could have your, in some ways, so saying that someone else besides him was divine. Right. You had to be, you had to be willing to, to um, give all tribute to the emperor. And if you didn't do that, that could get you in trouble. Youth group that gets together, high school youth get together in here once a week. Our, um, our middle schoolers, like you, we have a confirmation class that is actually eighth and ninth graders, so just one year older than you all. Um, and then we have a middle schoolers between sixth and eighth grade will get together and do things periodically. But this is, uh, because this is like the best room in the building, this di room didn't exist before the fire. The ceiling was low. So the, the top of the church used to be like this, and we went like that with the roof, right? Raised it up so that we could make this room. So this used to just be a crawl space. Now it's the best room in the house, so the youth room gets it first dibs on it, but then they're very nice and they share it with the adults and we come in and we have um, retreats here, small group gatherings, sometimes meetings around the table. And you can see when you walk out, you can see some of the photos of um, <coughs> trips that we've taken. Because one of the, the big events for us as a youth group is to go on a service trip once a year in June to um, a different place every year. Last year we were in Arizona on the Navajo reservation doing some construction work with our Navajo neighbors. Do you all ever take trips as, as youth in your congregation? Yeah. yeah. What kinds of things do you do? Go to Israel. Go to Israel? Isn't there something to today? Yeah, the limo thing. Yeah, we were doing last like a limo thing. Today. It was last night. It was last night. Uh, a uh, social event. It was it last year? We went to Ellis Island. Oh wow! Yeah, because we were studying Ellis Island in um, a class. Yeah, nice. 
So a little bit of the history of, of immigration into this country, right? And we're also planning to go to a certain place. Anybody? Oh, yes. Uh, we're going to Tennessee, uh, where um, uh, at the motel where Martin Luther King was um, found shot. I guess all of those trips are, um, the trips that we do are always about um, have some learning, right? That we're learning from the people that we're meeting and we're learning something about history or about the culture. And sometimes we also get to do something meaningful while we're there. So that's been a, an important part of our youth ministry is for our um, high schoolers especially, rising ninth graders through graduating seniors to go on these trips. And um, we um, used jackhammer to dig uh, what was eventually going to be turned into an outhouse. But, so we were drilling into rock all week. We were um, installing a roof. We were um, pouring cement for an extension on a house. This, this June, we're going to go to New Orleans, and we're going to do some environmental work, helping to reclaim some of the land along the coast, do some collecting trash and caring for that area. And uh, someone was asking me earlier today when I said that these were our guests whether that meant that our confirmation, our confirmation class was going to be going over to the synagogue. And I said, well, I don't know that that's the case. Yeah, that's the However, um, why not? You need yeah, a reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's an open invitation. You're open every Friday, Saturday morning? Friday night, Saturday morning? Every day. We're open. That would be awesome. Thank you. Should we go do one more loop? Um, unless you have questions here about what, what kids do at church. So, so we don't have Hebrew school. Um, I've actually never even had Hebrew school, although I wish I had. Um, we have what we call church school, which is on Sunday mornings, which is mostly for um, first graders through sixth or seventh grade. And that happens... They, all kids start in worship where we were together in the sanctuary, but then partway through, all the kids leave and have their classes in um, one of the classrooms that I'm going to show you next. And then once they get to about your age, there's not a formal class until that confirmation class, and the confirmation class meets once a month. And then they're involved in other kinds of activities in between. So you have a little bit, I think that they work you a little bit harder than we work our seventh graders. Sorry. No. But it's a good thing because it means you're going to know more. See the, the bags that are by the door mm -hmm. all down there? So these are, those double doors are actually our main entrance. You guys came in the formal entrance, but you know how most houses have a formal door on the front that you don't use and then everybody goes through the kitchen, right? Does anybody else have a house like that? Mm -hmm. So this is, these are the, what used to be the kitchen doors that we turned into our official entrance because that's the parking lot back there. So everybody comes in here, and that means it's a good place to put those collection bins. So we collect up groceries that we contribute to Homes with Hope, to their pantry, and to other pantries in the area. We gather up, in addition to food, right now we're collecting coats for person to person. Do you guys know the nonprofit organization, Person to Person? So we gather coats. And one of our youth, one of our high schoolers, is actually collecting toothbrushes right now because she's going to be going to Honduras with her grandfather, who is a dentist, to do some dental work with people in Honduras. And so she has been inviting the church to make donations that she can bring with her on that trip. 
you're asking about what our kids do. One of the things that we love doing at Sagatuck Church is having our kids and our adults hang out together and learn from each other. Sometimes we do that when we're eating together after worship on Sunday morning. So we had a special occasion recently where we were having uh, a gathering together after worship. There is um, something that Jesus says that you may have heard. He says that the most important commandment is to love the God with Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Have you heard that line? Something like that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, yeah. soul, and strength. What does it sound like? Come on. <laughs> what does it sound like? So how would you say it in English? Yeah. Shema. There you go. Right? So when um, w- there's a story that says that a person approached Jesus and asked him, what's the most important commandment? And he said, well, what do you know? What does the law tell you? And, and the lawyer that was questioning Jesus said, well, I'm told that you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, you've got it. Go and do that. And then the man says, yeah, but who's my neighbor? And Jesus goes on to tell a story. He says there was a man who was walking along the road between two cities and he was attacked by robbers and he was beaten and left in the ditch. And then a a religious official came by and saw him in the ditch but walked by on the other side and kept going. And then another religious official came by and saw him but kept walking on the other side. This was a dangerous road. Everybody was nervous walking on this road. But a third person came along and that person was a Samaritan. Do you all know what Samaritans are? Mm-hmm. Were? What do you know about Samaritans? Say more. A good person. A good person is how we define a Samaritan now. That's exactly right. But back at the time, anybody else know? A Samaritan was actually a, a group of people, very much like Jews. The rabbi is going to correct me on the finer points here. But Samaritans and Jews had a couple of disputes about their faith tradition, where you should worship God, on this mountain or on that mountain, for example. So they did not get along with each other. And so the Samaritan was the foreigner and something of an enemy to the guy who was lying in the ditch. And that's the person who stopped to help him. So when we talk about a good Samaritan, we're used to referring to that as a person who does something good, something meaningful. But under that is also the implication that we're actually being helped by or reaching out to strangers or people with whom we have major differences of opinion or practice. So it's an invitation to kind of cross over some of those. Does this, have, you, have you heard this kind of story before? Is this news to you? I imagine you have other stories like it. Yes. Right? Yeah. We have the idea. Via hafta, you may not just via hafta from the Shema, but in the Torah, via hafta l'reacha that we should love your neighbor as yourself, right in the Torah. So some of these are pretty tough, though. Right. Love your neighbor when they honk and ride by tailgate. Exactly. So this is what we did. We asked people to fill in. What are some of the things that make it maybe a little harder to love your neighbor? To remind us that when they cut through your yard with their dog. Yeah. 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 So. Can you, can you read, can you see one of them up there and read it out loud? 
Love your neighbor when they do not agree with you. Do not agree with you. Yeah. Any like others? The one that says, eat Lay's potato chips. <laughs> Even when they eat Lay's potato chips. Spoken like someone who prefers brownies. What's that one say that you just pointed to? When they yell at you. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it can be challenging to love someone who yells at you, right? So that's an example of something that we actually did. A lot of those answers were written by adults. Maybe you can tell because of the honking, um, riding my tailgate. I might know the person who wrote that. The rooms that are on either side are classrooms. And so this is where the kids come during worship when they have their own church school classes. I wonder if the timeline is up. A few weeks ago, we were teaching our kids about Jacob. And so this is, see if you recognize this family. Yeah, so who, who are all those? Yeah, right? And? The one daughter. The 12 sons, which became the 12 tribes. Oh, yeah. That reminder that we're learning about some of the same stories that you're learning about in our classes. I was hoping that the timeline might be up because we've been learning about the kings. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we've also been creating one of those uh, timelines through the Hebrew Bible to help connect. I do it in my Bible study with the adults every week. I have to remind them how everybody is related to each other because there were lots of generations. There's the front. If you look out the window, it's a little hard to see because of the leaves right now, but look under the trees, see where that bench is? Yeah. Can you tell on the ground that there's kind of a spiral under the leaves in the grass over there? Can you see it? Yes, yes. So that's a labyrinth. Anybody ever heard of a labyrinth? Yes. It is like a maze. It's also out of Greek mythology. The difference between a labyrinth and Greek mythology and this labyrinth is that in Greek mythology, you get lost in a labyrinth. But in, um, in Christian and really pre-Christian history, a labyrinth like this one is a form of, of a walking prayer. So you follow the path, and it winds back and forth all the way to the center and then all the way back out without you can't get lost because it's just one way in and one way out. So it's a way for people to practice prayer in a thoughtful way. So if you don't like sitting still, you can walk. You get to the middle, you can be reflective, you can leave something there that you're worried about, and then walk back out. So I point that out just because we, we have all kinds of different sacred spaces. You probably do too. What about your high holidays? Holy days, where do you spend your high holy days? Synagogue. Synagogue, and only the synagogue? And no. home. At home? Yeah. Right. You talked about one of the important trips that you take sometimes to another land with which you feel a close connection as a people of faith. Where do you sometimes travel? Israel. Israel. Right. Those are all what I would think of as sacred spaces, right? Places where you gather to, to pray and to practice your faith, to remember the stories, to recommit, to make decisions together about what you're going to do. Um, as, as people of faith to help the world be better. And uh, so you can do that, not just in the sanctuary, you can do that in lots of ways and places. For us, just in, on, on this campus, we have those, at least those three different sacred spaces for praying and being together. That labyrinth, 
this sanctuary and that outdoor chapel that's outside on the other side. And that's just for the praying part and the gathering part. Then there's the eating and the planning and the doing things together, and we do that in all kinds of ways and places. So who wants to ring the bell? Everyone. So somebody go first. That's going to be the harder one. Go ahead and feel what the feel what it feels like, and give it a pull, and see you're gonna you're gonna find that you're gonna have to give it some. Um, <laughs> and you have to go down and then let it go up because it oh, needs to go okay. both directions. Right, 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 so bring it all the way down and then let it go all the way up. Oh, all the way down. Jack, I'm just gonna sit there. Come on. Goes so far down. And then you have to listen because you may miss it. Oh, there we go. Wait, there you go. I can't. I heard it. I got it. Sorry. Okay. See if you can do it one at a time. See if you can. You Try bend your do a do a deep knee bit. Yeah. My my son used to jump off a chair and ride the ride the rope down in order to get it to ring. Let it go all the way up. Can I take a candle? You can light a candle. Oh, there you go. There's one. Benji, your dog's gone nuts. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. See, good good deep knee bends. I like this. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Okay, so uh, shall we say thank you to uh, Alison, yes? Thank you. thank you so much for coming and hanging out. Before we go, can we just find three or four things that you just walk out, as we you walk out from this place? Takeaways. T takeaways, like three things. First thing that you... What did you, you, learn? What did you learn today that you didn't know before? Exactly. Um, well, in the sanctuary, there's like the books that you can look at for like the tunes of the songs. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I learned a lot about the story of Noah and his sons. I was reading <laughs> the Holy Bible. Me too. <laughs> I learned that um. I learned that uh, a lot of stories from our Torah are in the and Holy Bible. A bunch of yeah, they're the same in both the Torah and. Yeah. Alrighty, thank you guys. Alright, so that was our time um, at Saga Talk Church. Um, it was a uh, very cool um, experience there um, with uh, getting a tour of the church uh, and really uh, kind of showing the kids um, the similarities and differences to um, TCS. Yeah, and uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining and listening uh, this Kehila podcast. We are thrilled that um, we are in touch with you and uh, you can actually uh, be part of this journey through different religions and uh, how our students are reacting um, with or towards uh, new experiences and new ideas and comparing them with their own identity. There is uh, a value into, into um, creating your own identity while you are um, while you're also studying and learning from others. So we want to thank um, those who participated in this podcast, Zach Young, Benji Parasov, Julia Walters, Jacob Seisler, Oliver Oren, Jasmine Schiffman, Alexa Patsiba, Sabina Cherry. A special, very big thank to Reverend Allison Patton, who actually opened the doors 
literally opened the doors of the church for us and um, let us walk through and learn so much from from their their wisdom and uh, of course thanks to Seth Golub and Rabbi Witherhorn who also was with us uh, sharing this experience um, this has been a beautiful journey that started uh, a way uh, a week before uh, while we were um, defining what expectations we had and, and what experiences we had in in in, in, in churches and um, and ended with a visit that uh, generated or created a, a very interesting intense and educational experience thank you all for being part of this Kayla podcast see you next time bye